Happy almost New Year, Mary C. Quarantine listeners. Uh, this is Father Tim. Just a little heads up today. I'd like to apologize. We do not have a... Uh, Father Derek and I did not have a recorded podcast for you. Um, we were supposed to record a podcast, but then we... Let's just say we got a little carried away with a board game called Takedo that me and Father Derek and seminarian Tim Berryhill... <laughs> We're playing, and yeah, we just got caught up a little too late and uh, never were able to record. So instead, I'm going to share with you Father Derek's Christmas homily, which was pretty legit and incredible and inspiring. And so, and so please enjoy, know of our prayers, may you see the wisdom, pray for us. I neglected to introduce myself at the beginning of the Mass to any visitors today who are new. So my name is Father Derek, I'm a pastor here. And um, it's my first Christmas as, as a pastor, and uh, I kind of feel a little guilty. Usually Christmases are packed to the brim, and babies are crying, and phones are going off. It's just really, I mean, the messiness of Christmas, but this is, this is kind of sad. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Try to um, bring it back somehow. <laughs> <clears throat> Father Tim is doing a 3 p.m. Mass in the gym right now as we speak. And, uh, I mean, he's like the cool priest. He's probably, like, playing basketball with the people. And they got water guns. And we're reading about Shealtiel and Perez and Zadok. No, um... <clears throat> Today is a joyful day. It is a joyful day. And I just want to welcome you to celebrate the birth of Jesus. The Feast of Christmas is only one of two feasts in the entire church's liturgical year that she celebrates not just for a day, but for eight days. We call it an octave. Those of you who maybe played piano when you were little or are playing it now, you might remember that term, an octave, eight notes. Why eight days? The reason is because the mystery that we celebrate today is too big, too rich, to celebrate in just one day. So we try to unpack it over a number of days. Just like when you go on vacation, you don't just go for one day, most people. They, they try to plan multiple days because um, they want to rest in it. And similarly, um, if you've got like a strong drink, you know, for those old enough to drink, you, you, you don't just chug it, you don't just drink at all. I guess some people do, but yeah, they don't really feel the benefit of it. They just feel the effects of it. Rather, to, to let it marinate in you. So what is marinating in us this day? I think the thing that we really want to drink in in the spirit of today's feast, just that we can absorb, be absorbed by it, is that we come to Mass today and we celebrate the birth of God into the human race to really ponder it over, 
not just the rest of this day, but for the next eight days. Actually, if you were to come up to me and wish me a Merry Christmas in March, just give me a little wink. I'll wish you a Merry Christmas too. Because the mystery itself is so big, so beautiful. Despite the fact that our churches wasn't, it, it doesn't look like years past, it could still have an effect on us. So the question is, does it matter to you? How can we allow the mystery of God, birthed into our world, matter to us more? Many people I know are suffering right now because of COVID. They themselves might have experienced COVID or else they experienced the social negative effects of being removed or isolated from their family members. Father Tim was telling me he went to the barber shop a couple days ago and um, he really likes his barber because his name is Moses. <laughs> there was a woman who came into the barber shop and she was just sort of a little, you know, distraught, just really sad because COVID had so changed her Christmas plans. She wasn't able to be with her family as she had in years past. So she decided, as the matriarch of the family, that she was going to cancel Christmas. Father Tim uh, didn't say anything. But after his haircut, the barber Moses took off the, the smock which revealed that Father Tim was a priest. And she saw him. And he said he had a little guilty pleasure wishing her a Merry Christmas. Because you can't cancel Christmas. Not in charge of Christmas. The world, COVID's not in charge of Christmas. The crazy part. That God is, God, we believe that God is so in love with us he doesn't care. I shouldn't say he doesn't care. It matters more to him that he is with you during Christmas than the messiness of COVID or this, your felt sense of this is not right. He wants to enter into it very deeply. So he does care. And the fact that he does care and is willing to do it anyways is exactly my point today. The messiness of our lives. Our good deacon read the, our genealogy from the Gospel of Matthew. And many of these names, I don't know how proud Jesus was to call them his relatives, because they didn't really live upright, righteous lives. But he came to them Anyways, and this is the gospel message, the unconditional love of God the Father for his children, that he would withstand all of the messiness, the violence, the hatred of humanity, and still want to be one of us, that he wants to be related to us. So the question for us is, are we related to God? Usually we use that word related in a way to describe our relationship with our grandparents, brothers and sisters, maybe nieces and nephews, people who are among our family. 
But as I had mentioned earlier, that God desired to be part of a human family. And so God wanted to be related to us. We want to be related to him. Amidst the disappointments and sadnesses of life, the loneliness, God wants to be related to us. I mean, I was reading this book for the better part of two months or so. Not that it was that long or complicated, but it was just very, very meaningful to me. And this book is by Alan Alda, who is a comedian. He was on this 80s show called MASH. Um, he was trained as an improv, an improv uh, theater guy. And the name of the book is, if I, if I understood you, would I have this look on my face? So the whole book is about relating. And as two actors are on stage, it's vitally important that they relate to each other or else the scene is over, or else it's super awkward. And so they need to be able to read each other's body language, their tone, not just listen to their words, but to sort of dance as partners. And the way that he described relating the way he defined relating was that you're in a a room with somebody and you're so affected by the presence of this other person that even if your back was turned to them, you would still be observing them. You would allow their body language, their words even the way that they stood in the room or they sat in the chair, everything about them affected you. And I think why that is so meaningful to me was because in prayer, prayer is all about relating to God. Anybody who enters into prayer desires a deeper transformational relationship with God. But for a long time, I would say my prayer was more characterized by begging and silent waiting than relating. I'd beg, beg, beg for a long time, and then there'd be silence. And then people in the church would say, oh, waiting is, is a good thing. It's, you know, we have a whole season of waiting in Advent. So you're, you're, not, doing the, you're not doing a bad job. But I was not able to see God, as I was begging, be moved. He was not a partner until I allowed him, allowed his actions, his voice, his tone, his body language to affect me. And then I can respond in prayer. So when I tell you that this baby, this child, the God of the universe, the creator of the world, came down from heaven, year zero, lived our life, walked our walk, talked our talk, does it matter?
God could have chosen to come to us as a political figure, as a famous celebrity, as, a, as an all-knowing genius. But he chose to come to us as an innocent child, as a baby. The only reason that I think that he did this was because he knew that a baby would change our hearts more than a political figure or a sports figure or a really smart person. He comes in perhaps the only form that wouldn't scare us off. Christ became a child because it is easier to open our hearts to children. So that we can't dismiss him, we can't write him off, we can't flee in fear. This child is vulnerable, in need of every basic human need, in need of protection, and most of all, in need of love. Thanks be to God that he comes to us in this way, in the most sensitive way he could. I'll end with this quote from Dorothy Day very famous American sort of social activist, Catholic worker movement. She died in the 80s, so pretty recent person, very holy. This was her meditation on Christmas. I'm so glad that Jesus was born in a stable because my soul is so much like a stable. It is so poor and in unsatisfactory condition because of guilt, falsehoods, inadequacies, and sin. Yet I believe if Jesus can be born in a stable, maybe he can also be born in me. Mary C's Quarantined is a Mary C's of Wisdom dynamic original podcast.